Welcome back to the COS Business Podcast. My name is Andrew Hasley, and I'm the host of the show. Today we have on Tyson Lees. Tyson, how's it going? (laughs) It's going great. Yeah, man. (laughs) Life is good. Just got done with Valentine's Day. Yes, Um, it is the 15th. This episode might be airing on the Friday, or or the Friday of this week, or it just depends on how things work, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, had a great weekend. Um, Nothing to complain about. Nice, nice. So, you're here with Colorado Foothills Property. Yes, sir. (laughs) And uh, so, so what is it that you guys do? Can you sum that up in a few sentences? Yeah, so my, it's my dad and I, uh, John Lease, uh, for those of you that haven't met us yet. Uh, we are business partners in real estate, and more particularly uh, rural real estate, commercial real estate. It's kind of a lot of the, the, the niche categories that you don't see a lot of people focus on. Um, I specifically focus on commercial real estate uh, with a lot of tenant representation work um, and assisting uh, pretty specifically, small business owners and you know securing their uh, commercial real estate. Needs. Okay, man. Well, awesome. We're gonna yeah. get into that more in this episode. First, we're gonna roll the intro music and then we'll dive right in. <laughs> this is a show where we have real conversations with entrepreneurs and business owners who are mostly in Colorado Springs, doing things in the community of Colorado Springs. One of our sponsors for the day is Atmos Planning. Atmos Planning is changing the way business owners and real estate investors are served by the financial services industry. They take an innovative approach with their personal CFO model to help visionaries maximize their net worth, impact, and quality of life. On top of all that, their clients typically save 20 to 30% in taxes, even if they are already working with a CPA or bookkeeper. If you have a goal to reach 1 million in revenue or more, a 1 million plus real estate portfolio, or even 1 million plus in after-tax profit while making an impact on the people around you, then schedule a call today. Their website is atmosplanning.com. A-T-M-O-S planning.com. What about your business, man? How's, how's, how's everything been going? It's, it's going pretty great. I mean, at the start of last year, or probably about this time last year, um, there was a lot of... Um, question marks arising just like Mm. everyone else. Uh, But more specifically with commercial real estate, I mean, who would have thought that even through uh, a pandemic, commercial real estate in Colorado Springs would still be killing it. And so um, I was sitting there thinking about, okay, how do I need to reposition? How do I need to to pivot and uh, Mm -hmm. retune my um, business model and and stuff? And, you know, I, I thought out some stuff. I thought out some ways I could really try to help the community through uh, struggles with, with commercial real estate and thankfully it just never came or hasn't come yet. Mm-hmm. Um, cross my fingers on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, uh, the have you, stuff. have you think you've done things to negate that from happening? Not necessarily. Okay. Um, I think the, the, the big piece of that is just that Colorado Springs has been in such a good place economically for the past mm. decade that it's, almost impervious to just about anything short yeah. of the world ending, I would say at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, what what was the, what was the, some of the reasons why you had a pivot? What were some of the things that are happening? Uh, so typically, or not typically, because nothing about this is typical, but yeah. <laughs> uh, where my mind went to is the fact that, okay, if businesses are going to be shut down and not allowed to operate, what does that mean for leases? Uh, mm-hmm. you, you have a lot of these business owners that are stuck in three, five, seven, ten-year leases, and all of a sudden – they have no need for the space anymore, or at mm. least uh, there's a an outside force that's stopping them from operating. And so, you know, what what is that going to look like for these people? And so, uh, the the pivot there was trying to figure out what, uh, how can I be an asset in this situation? How can I really help them 
um, you know, tread through these waters, just trying to stay afloat or even thrive in that, in that type of situation. And so I was anticipating having to do some, um, negotiating with, with some tenants and some landlords if possible. Um, you, you never know what you mm-hmm. get because they're technically in a written agreement still. So, um, it depends on them wanting to play nice with each other. And I will say that to the credit of all the, the building owners, you know, in, in Colorado Springs mm-hmm. and, and landlords, um, they have done a phenomenal job of trying to make it work with their tenants. Uh, yeah. I would say at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a lose-lose situation for a landlord to try to force a tenant to pay rent um, and create a little bit of a, a tear in a relationship there because then you got to go find a new tenant anyways. And so uh, I think that they realized that and mm-hmm. uh, kind of looked beyond themselves and have, uh, managed to make it work. I think it was even on Tejon, um, there was a few buildings where they just waived the rent for, you know, six months or something like that for, for a lot of those guys. And so thankfully heard of a couple situations of, of people not playing nice with each other, but, uh, for the for most sure. part, they've kind of taken care of it. Um, that's awesome. Own, so, yeah, that's cool. So, so, so how did you get into this, this area of commercial real estate, commercial real estate? So, uh, I've had my real estate license for six years now. Uh, my dad has had his for coming up about 15 years and, it just so happened that when I graduated from UCCS, uh, I went to UCCS uh, 2009 through 2014. Uh, I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go next. And that's uh, when my dad talked me into getting my real estate license just because it left a lot of doors open. Uh, you can be flexible with, with having a position like a real estate agent. Um, and so that made sense to me. And then as I started uh, studying going along with my dad to, you know, kind of shadow and, and that sort of thing. Uh, he had just kind of picked up commercial real estate and added it to his skill set. And so mm-hmm. that was a lot of my learning experiences right at first. And so uh, as I got my real estate license started to practice, you know, as, as a young, hungry business owner, you're probably taking in everything you can. You're probably mm-hmm. trying to – I was looking for my friends who were looking to buy their first house. Mm-hmm. I was looking for people – who might uh, need to, you know. That's typical in every industry, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, so uh, I dabbled in a little bit of everything. Then it was the beginning of 2019 when I had a business coach, and she was talking to me, and I was really talking about my struggles of having to pay attention to what's going on in the residential real estate market, what's going on in the commercial real estate market, who do I need to help here, who do I need to help there. And she made a point like, why are you trying to focus on all this stuff at the same time? You're not going to do any of it well. Mm-hmm. So pick something and go with it. And, uh, that's when it really clicked for mm-hmm. me, uh, because a- along with that kind of epiphany, uh, I had also known that there was so much more of a need in the commercial real estate space and the residential. I mean, even today you're looking at, there's probably, uh, creeping up on about 6,000 residential real estate agents in El Paso County mm-hmm. and commercial real estate agents active and practicing, you know, there's maybe a couple hundred. And so, uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people will say that they do both, but I would mm-hmm. say that the real active ones is limited to probably about a couple hundred. Mm-hmm. And so I, you add that onto the fact that me being so big in the networking space means that I'm around small business owners all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And so that's where a lot of my, kind of path of least resistance was coming from. That's where I was hearing a lot of people mm-hmm. have needs that they are being frustrated with. Uh, and so, you know, it just all kind of clicked at that point where it's just like, yeah, I, I need to go and do specifically commercial real estate. And then to add a layer onto that, I need to figure out a way 
that I can gear my business to help specifically small business owners. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, that's where it kind of took off from there. Yeah. So, so getting into real estate first day, you know, you, you got your license. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how that works. Uh, you got to go out and get, get, get a real estate license. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, I personally think that there should be a higher barrier to entry for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you know, a real estate transaction is, has a lot of pretty significant implications. Yeah. What does it mean to be a real estate agent in, in your words, I guess? Yeah. So a uh, real estate agent is your, your licensee to, to practice real estate. And so, uh, for one, we have a fiduciary duty to our clients. And so we sign a contract with our clients, whether they're a buyer, a seller, a tenant, a landlord, um, anything in between there, uh, to represent them, right? Mm-hmm. To market their property, to negotiate mm-hmm. on their behalf, um, or if they're on the other side of it, to help them find properties to then negotiate on their behalf for. And so, so is it this? Is it the sales side of of uh, I guess property? The like you know owning real properties? property, real property, real property. Yeah. So so, so being a real estate agent is. Usually, typically, that means you're 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 representing people. You're representing uh, mm-hmm. a person trying to sell their their house, essentially. Yep. yep. So, for instance, uh, we can sell, but our license is not specific about selling like a mobile home. Mm-hmm. Uh, people will inquire about that sort of thing, but a mobile home is not real property. Real property is has to do with the land and the piece of property on the land. Okay. And so leasing is a little bit different, you know, because there's not that same distinction, but you are you are leasing space. Yes. Either on land in a building, something mm-hmm. along those lines. Okay. Yeah, and so the fiduciary thing is the, the most fundamental thing, and it's the thing that I think it's forgotten the most mm-hmm. by a lot of people in my industry, uh just because they get caught up in the marketing aspect of it. And so they they focus on being a master marketer where they they're like, "Hey, look at these cool videos, websites, everything else that I can do to market your property. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to take lead in them building up their business just because that's what consumers want to see. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there that have watched, that are going to watch this video that have had a bad experience with a real estate agent before. And I would say that it's very much because of that, because that agent is not remembering their ultimate fiduciary duties. And it's, so it's not about us trying to make our money in our own interest. It's about mm-hmm. representing a client and making sure that their interests are best represented. And when you say fiduciary needs, what do you, what do you mean by that? Fiduciary means that um, the contract we signed has given me permission to represent uh, your best interests. Mm-hmm. So you would come to me and say, hey, I want to I go buy a house. Um, this is what I'm qualified for to purchase, or this is the cash I have, mm-hmm. something like that. Um What's the person from not just what stop the stop a person from not just trying to find it themselves? Uh, it's it's tricky, is what I'll say because mm-hmm. that I'm gonna uh, insert one of the needs that I found in commercial real estate into this. Mm-hmm. So an average situation that I get, um, I'll be talking with with Sally who just wanted to open a flower shop, right? Um, and so she's like, "Yeah, I know I want to open a flower shop." I need to have a brick and mortar location mm. for people to come into. What do I do? Yeah. It's um, also the unknown of like, I don't know where to even start. Ex- and that that's the fundamental thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're driving around, right? You know, you have to do this. You have it in your mind and you see signs, right? You see signs on the street that says for lease or something like that. You call those signs. Um, maybe you'll talk to the agent representing it. Maybe you won't. Uh, kind of, it's kind of hit or miss mm-hmm. in, in that regard. And then let's just say you happen to, to get a hold of them and you set up a showing to come look at the space. 
Um, and then you talk to them. You're like, okay, I want to lease out the space. What's next? Mm-hmm. Right then and there, you have to understand that that agent has a fiduciary responsibility to their landlord. You mm-hmm. know, they, they don't have a responsibility to you, the person that's trying to lease out the space. Mm-hmm. They have a contract signed with the landlord to lease out the space at what would be the most amount of money they could get for the space technically. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, selling may say, oh, I can only afford about $1,200 a month for this. Um, and, you know, the, the agent knows that the going rate on that space is, you know, let's just say $1,500. Mm-hmm. Um, they may, uh, it may be in the best interest of their client to come down to give Sally a deal, but at the same time too, they may understand that they could get someone else tomorrow who would sign a lease of $1,500. Mm-hmm. And so right there, that's a point where, if you had uh, an agent representing Sally as well as the agent representing the landlord. So the agent kind of determines whether or not you get a space a lot of the times Yeah, is, is what you're saying. In, in my in my space, yes. Mm-hmm. In, in, in commercial leases, yes, just because they're usually the ones that are doing the qualifying and, and stuff like that. And so, you know, they, they, they'll look at your financials, your credit score, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll... It, it, they're not the the deal breaker, I guess, is the best way to put it. The landlord is the one that always makes the decision. Like, I can't mm-hmm. not consult with my client and make a decision for them. For sure. That's yeah. not part of the, the relationship yeah. there. Do you, uh, is that in some contracts? Or, or is it always the Always, the no. Okay. No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's a pretty big fraud, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It would, well, it would be unwise of the owner to... Maybe not unwise, but I mean, I guess that takes a lot of trust. <laughs> it does. It does. And so, you know, a, a good agent will then say, okay, this is what's, this is Sally. She wants to start a, f- a flower business. Um, this is what she can afford in rent. Um, you know, she, she makes three times the rent uh, in, outside of her flower business. So she's a pretty strong tenant. And she's not, even if her flower business doesn't take off, she has money to pay for the lease regardless. Mm-hmm. And then they give all that information to their landlord who then can decide, yeah, I think we can sign a lease here or not. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but again, if Sally is unrepresented, she doesn't have any representation besides what she has to offer, right? She has, she has no knowledge of, I should say most times, there, there are some people that did, do keep a pretty um, mm-hmm. low ear to the ground to, to pay attention to that sort of stuff. But uh, your, your average consumer is not going to understand what average market rents are, um, what, what landlords are doing for tenants typically, because the, the other part of this too with negotiations is Sally may need to have her space refinished. She may need to have paint, carpet, uh, countertops put in, you know, maybe even a, a freezer for flowers, something along those lines. And um, a lot of consumers don't know that the landlord can pay for a lot of that, depending on what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and so, and a lot of times the landlord will want to pay for some of that stuff to control it. But poor, poor Sally here is very likely not going to have knowledge of that going into this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. There's there's a lot did, was it you that made a post recently? Uh someone made a post recently uh about, you know, just some some things that, you know, or maybe even one specific thing where, you know, there's a lot of like things that are the landlord's responsibilities. Oh yeah. That you don't know that um, you might not know about. <laughs> I don't I don't think that was me. I've talked about that okay. before, but I've made a post about it recently. But yeah, there, there's a lot of truth to that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like it might be written into your lease that you're the one that's supposed to take care of the hot water heater, the HVAC unit, whatever else. Mm. Um, or it might be written that the landlord's supposed to take care of that. So yes. um, when your um, HVAC goes out, how are you supposed to know who's supposed to pay for it? Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, it's a pretty hefty cost. Neither person probably wants to pay for it. 
Yeah. And so what does the lease say at that point? And so there's a lot of these these difficult things that you need help walking down the line with. So you need representation mm-hmm. because for me representing Sally, I know that hey, I just saw someone else sign a lease just like this where the landlord agreed to you know, do the full tenant improvement project for them out of their own pocket. Mm. And it was at this price. Why don't we try to go for that same price? Because I know that that's what's going on in the market right now. Yeah. And so he, she, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. She goes yeah. from being in this thing where she might just sign a lease without anything, you know, uh, anything provided for her. And she's, mm-hmm. she's paying more than she wanted to pay or something along those lines to now she's in a situation where she knows, okay, I'm having all this stuff done for me. I had to sign a little bit of a longer-term mm-hmm. lease, but then I also didn't have to pay, you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 out of my pocket to get the space ready. Mm-hmm. So it puts me in a better position starting up a business to, um, you know, not start out with a massive amount of debt. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. now now I see. I can see why, why that is valuable because if you're trying to start a business uh, – you don't want to have to focus on all this extra stuff. That's like a whole another thing mm-hmm. where you can hire someone who is there, you know, and mm-hmm. knows exactly what's going on. Things like that. Those 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 opportunities, essentially. <laughs> Absolutely, and also too, there's there's a a ton, a ton of stuff that happens before you get there, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I talk all the time that, that I feel like a lot of business owners. Um, they start a business because they, they like the industry that, that they're working in currently mm-hmm. or they have passion to, to start something up, right? And so you have, let's just say, take an electrician. Mm-hmm. They've been an apprentice electrician for the first 10 years of their career and they're finally decided that they don't want to work for someone anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they've reached the point where like, okay, I can go start up my own company and then I'm not having to give my boss, you know, 50, 60, whatever percentage you agreed upon of, of the, my paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's how that idea starts. And I think that that's how that idea starts for a lot of people. Um, what they a lot of times might have uh, failed to acknowledge is that in that transition, you've gone from just being a tradesman to a business owner. Mm-hmm. You have to think about way more things than just doing the electrical work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're all of a sudden having to figure out what's my business plan. How am I going to generate business? How am I going to generate a budget of m- my expenditures and then make sure mm-hmm. I have revenue to, you know, pay for those expenditures. Do I need to take out a loan to kind of get started mm-hmm. so I can buy a van for equipment? You know, there, there's a lot of those things yeah. that I don't know if it's just because it's intimidating or something like that, but people haven't quite gotten that through, through official channels. And when I mm-hmm. say official channels, I mean setting up yourself with, an HR person, a CPA, yes. um, a business banker, all those kinds of things that are, are your business partners essentially that help you be mm-hmm. successful down the road. And so then you have a business set up yes. that after you've done it for a while and you, you've created this great business, you could then sell and walk away from. Yeah, um, or, for sure. Or just give it over to someone and you just collect profits from them just be, yes. just you know being that way. And so um, a big part of my job is to make sure that they've kind of – at least started to think about that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, one I'm this February, it's February now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> if you didn't know, <laughs> uh, February, 2019 is when I started vehement visuals mm-hmm. two years, two years into it now. Uh, you know, not full time until August, but, uh, my, my, one of my main goals in 2021. And I've said this, 
repeatedly, so maybe even on the podcast before. Uh, but I guess the more I say it, the more real it is. Uh, <laughs> in a way, in a more yeah. yeah, you know, it can lead to more realness. And uh, my goal, and it's it speaks to what you were just saying. My goal is to I you know start building out teams in, in mm-hmm. you know different areas, and that's that's my main goal in 2021 because I've realized you know I've been resistant to that and uh, just a lone wolf for the last yeah. two 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 years essentially. You know, I tried to grow a few times you know th- with certain things, and not not everything working out perfectly, but. Uh, I just like solidifying my yeah. ground. I think is what I'm doing now. Yeah. Now, now year year three, going into year three. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to to start, you know, expanding. You know, yeah, <laughs> it sounds like you have a, a pretty average journey for an entrepreneur trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's I think it's very uh, few and far between where a business owner gets it within their first like year of yeah. concept. <laughs> uh, usually, it takes a little bit of trying out things, failing, mm-hmm. trying out something else until you you really figure out what it's going to look like. Uh, and so, yeah, congratulations on, on yeah. sticking with it for, for going into year three. I think that's when I've seen a lot of people start to make significant strides is in year three or four of, of operating. Okay. And, and so, um, I, I think all that to be said is, is the reason why I tend to overlap with that is I'm probably one of the people that people, uh, opening up a business come to very first because a lot of people understand they need an office, a retail location, something else to run their business. So they think it's something they need to set up mm-hmm. first. Um, you know, you might not be in a position to, to take on a mass amount of overhead in year one or two of your business. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, that's a conversation I have with a lot of people, like where are you at? Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, a big part of that is sitting down and reviewing financials. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a business bank account where you can show me your revenue for yeah. however long you've been operating for? Uh do you have cash in the bank personally that, that you can rely on if stuff isn't going well? You know, that mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And I hate to say it, but a lot of times I talk to people and they have no idea what I'm talking about when I yeah. ask for financials. What's cool is you've had a lot of experience with working lot, with lots of business owners, mm-hmm. I, I assume. <laughs> so you can start seeing patterns yeah. and start seeing things like that. And, you know, so essentially you're also helping people understand where they're at and, you know, Yes or no, if you should even do this or not. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the, the beauty of it, too, is I've been able to leverage, you know, our great community of Colorado Springs with people that offer services mm-hmm. to people just starting out. Yeah. Right? That can help them get to that position. And then mm-hmm. let's talk, you know. Yep. <laughs> yep. So I, I've, I, I, and it's actually kind of just going through the process of doing business for a while. I've picked up a few things that, yeah, I probably need to make sure I have a CPA who really specializes in helping mm-hmm. startup businesses, or I need to make sure that I have someone who uh, can help HR with HR and mm-hmm. structural stuff with someone who has maybe two employees, but is planning to get to, to 10 to 15 by the end of the year mm-hmm. and really connect them with these other people that help them build a, build a solid foundation. So yeah, yeah. Uh, by the time they're actually ready to go for a commercial space, they are more than ready. They're not mm-hmm. going to feel like, um, scared or intimidated or, or something by the idea of signing a three-year lease at uh, $2,400 a month, you know? Yeah, they've, for they, sure. They've thought it through, and they know that that's the step they need to take, and they're ready to take it by that Yeah. Point. What's cool is I've been building two businesses, <laughs> technically, yep. Behemoth Visuals and this podcast, yep. and I just got really excited about it. I was like this – I was thinking, like, this podcast is, you know, going to go to the moon. <laughs> 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 essentially like it's I'm, I'm excited for the growth of it i have some really 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 i'm working with someone who's really helping me how to position it in a way yeah. to to really you know 
having it be a a substantial, you know, business like yeah. a, a a fierce, you know, competitor. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but you know what I mean? It's like I want it to be. My goal is to get it to a top one hundred podcast. Mm-hmm. And what's cool is like. It could be random, you know. I could wake up tomorrow and YouTube decides that it wants to promote it next to this one video and then it goes ba-boom. Yep. Like, you know, next thing I know, uh, the, the podcast is having uh, one of its uh, streams of income coming, you know, from YouTube too. Uh, but I'm talking like, I'm, you know, building like streams with with uh, with sponsorships. That's mm-hmm. where That's where I'm... That's where I'm aiming with. I'm, I'm working with someone to, that's helping me, you know, design that. I've actually designed a nine-page deck. Oh, and wow. it was it. I spent, like, hours and hours building this sucker. Like, I built it from scratch. Like, you know, it's, like, built all the graphics mm-hmm. in it, and and it was fun. But, you know, and I was in flow doing it. And, yeah. you know, anytime you can get into flow, that means you really enjoy something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just, like, hours were flying by, like, mm, t- clock was ticking. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just you know, editing it, and it was, uh, it was cool to create, because when you, when you make a deck like that, you're really, like, you're not only doing the design, you're, like, thinking of the actual value that Mm -hmm. you can bring, and that's the fun part, that was, like, page nine, and then, you know, it was showing previous sponsors on one page, and it was showing, like, just breaking down, you know, a a deck that really breaks down what the show is about, who we are, like, it basically, like, a VBC, but, you know, a deck, (laughs) And uh, so it's really cool building that out, and I can't wait to use this powerful piece of uh, information yeah. that I put together to really uh, lock in. You know, having having the podcast be a stable source of income for me. Yep. And that's 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 awesome because I put a lot of work into it, so I'm really excited for that that's to happen. <laughs> that's all we ever want, really, is yeah. something that <laughs> we enjoy doing that that provides for us and and will provide for us. Even if things aren't going super well, and yeah. so yeah, that's my job is to make sure that you're aware of the risks you're taking when you do something uh, in the commercial real estate space, and to make sure that it's as kind of safe proof as possible. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, and I dig that. I love that. That's that's like an extra step. That's extra value for you. That's mm-hmm. that's 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 special. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of mentioned it before, but no one wants a situation where someone moves in and fails, mm-hmm. and then. You know, the landlord has to go after them for something because they're still under contract. It's or, not good from all all around. No, it's not. You know. So if I can help kind of make sure that doesn't happen in the forefront, mm-hmm. then it's helping everyone out. And so that's, sure. that's where I've really... But what's cool is like what's special about it is you don't just make sure that doesn't happen. You make you you go the extra step and try to find sources for them pe- for those people to get to that. Absolutely, point. yeah, yes. and that's awesome. I mm-hmm. think that's special right there. Let me hit these buttons real quick. And then- Our next sponsor is Behemoth Visuals, my video production company. What we do at Behemoth Visuals is help businesses develop strategies to start producing and using video in the most effective way for them. We know that success may mean something different for every client. That's why we have an intake process and gather as much information as we can, so that we can help determine the best ways to start using video in your company. Our aim is to solve real problems and help your business succeed. We dive deep and analyze what it's going to take to help your business achieve success with video. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm actually. It's gonna. I'm really excited for when I get this hardware update because it's gonna streamline everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna make it just. You know, it's gonna cut off a few hours a week. <laughs> well, I mean, that, yeah, it's kind of exactly what we're talking about, right? Just trying to figure out things to make your business run better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's repeatable, predictable, all yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. 
Yeah, man. So is there anything today that you would like to promote specifically? Well, not necessarily. Uh, I like talking to you. You did a very good job yeah. with our with our <laughs> virtual business card. And so. Yeah, um, appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's a couple things that aren't necessarily related to my actual business that, mm-hmm. that I would like to promote. Um, so I am the committee chair for civics for Colorado Springs Rising Professionals. And that organization has just been crushing it over the past couple of years. Nice. Um, a gentleman by the name of Zachary Barker yeah, yeah. Uh, moved here a few years ago from uh, Nashville. And he became the president uh, beginning in 2020, which... Mm-hmm. Um, I had a meeting with him right when he was becoming... Right yeah. when he was getting into that, stepping into that role. Yeah. He's, he's an awesome guy. Uh, and so he was the president uh, for 2020, which was the worst year to be the president of a yeah. networking group <laughs> just about ever. Not networking group. There are more... Rising professionals, a, not a group that has that relies on getting together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you know, uh, for anyone, and this is not limited to just young professionals. Uh, you do have a lot of young professionals attracted to it because it's got that vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's called rising professionals because it's for anyone mm. that that is wanting to to rise in Colorado Springs to help the city, to help their business, to help nonprofits, wh- whatever else. Um, the point of uh, Colorado Springs Rising Professionals is to help make connections uh, that wouldn't have been possible uh, otherwise. And so for civics, kind of our big mission for this year is to uh, help connect people to everyone running for city council. Just okay. because that is a big deal. Uh, I think and Justin Hermes. Yeah, Justin Hermes he's, is... He, wasn't he, isn't he part of civics? Nope. Okay. He's on the board. On the board, okay. We're on the board for college and he's rising. I think he's uh, on the membership committee, so he helps plan the mixers and stuff like that. Uh, but he's running for District 5, and I think it's... Seven uh, districts that are up for election uh, at the beginning of April, and uh, unfortunately, local politics is something that does not um, get as much glamour or attention as mm-hmm. the presidential races. Uh, even though it you should. should have him come on on the show, or I should reach out to him or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're at uh, pretty much through the month of March. We're going to be hosting forums um, through CSRP to. Mm-hmm. Give all the city council candidates uh, a space to come and talk about themselves. Nice. Um, and so we haven't quite released that marketing yet. Uh, but we're what is it? A, so it's uh, we're calling it like a Colorado Springs City Council Election Forum, and we're just going to hop on a Zoom meeting uh, two times a week for three weeks in March, and just give each one of them five minutes just to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and so. Um, nice. Yeah. So the the point of that, I wasn't really trying to plug that event yet, but oh my bad. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. If I can get a plug in, I will. Okay. Uh, sweet. <laughs> but yeah. So the point the point there, right, is it might not have been as possible or as transparent for people to connect with their city council people before that. Mm-hmm. And so if we can help empower the community uh, by at least getting to hear five minutes of pretty um, transparent, not face to face, but Zoom to Zoom. Um, time yeah, yeah. time with each city council candidate in their district, you know, that's that's opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, you know, uh, uh, there's a cultural committee that, that meets to discuss how to build up culture in Colorado Springs. You know, what, what are cool restaurants that we can support or what are cool events we can host? Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach always likes to talk about a crawfish boil that they put on in Nashville or something like that. Just like a gigantic citywide crawfish boil that, nice. that uh, the Rising Professionals group out there led. Um and so stuff like that, just anything that if you want to get involved with more people in Colorado Springs in general, um, that's a great place to do it just because you'll get connected to, mm-hmm. you know, the city. You'll get connected to people within the city, um, maybe some professionals that are looking for people to, to do things. It's just 
it's a very great synergistic group that's trying to really help just make Colorado Springs a better place to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so um, that group, then uh, I'm also um, a board member for a networking group called Front Range Power Connectors. Oh, yeah, you are. Yep. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we're, we're talking about trying to figure out what meeting this year is going to look like. Yeah, uh, yeah. What, uh, Million Cups is, is meeting. Why is not uh, Front Range Power Connectors meeting? Oh, uh, so our board meeting was last week where we first started to talk about what that was going to look like. Okay. Um, well, Million Cups, I think, meets a little bit more frequently than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're we got to kick the tires on our plans for for this year with with uh, front range power connectors, and that group is it's kind of a, a mentorship based networking group. Okay, uh, it's called Power Connectors, uh, just because Gary Rollins, um, he's a he's been in Color Springs for a while now, and he's a pretty um, strong networker. Is yeah, how a lot of people describe him, uh, myself included. And uh, he saw that there's a lot of people that want to get out and figure out how to network and connect with people but don't quite know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so he figured, you know, if he could develop an organization that gets people who've been networking for a while uh, and are happy to, to help kind of connect people um, to become quote-unquote power connectors yeah, yeah. and then develop like a little bit of a light, not intensive mentorship um, program with who we call a mentee or a new networker um, just to help them get connected, help them figure out how what it, what it means to be um, in the networking space because yeah. it's not about who can give you business mm-hmm. as much as it's about trying to help create win-win situations for everyone yes. in the community. Um, and so that group, um, you know, it's been a pretty special group for the past few years mm-hmm. and, and COVID really slowed that one down. And so it's I'm, a really special group to me. I know that yeah. I haven't been on any of the zooms, but I mean, when I first came out here, that's how I met some of my mm-hmm. first, few, first new connections, you know, and that's the exact point of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you just moved to town. Um, and you, I think no matter where you go, you're probably going to wonder, how do I get plugged in? Where do I yeah, need to yeah. go to meet people? I was and, looking for networking events, and like the only reason I found it is not because I found it on like any meetup or any mm-hmm. anything. It was because uh, Sterling McManus. Yeah. Uh, he 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 reached out to me because I I was like I was new to networking, like never mm-hmm. really networked before. So I heard something about this thing called BNI, and, yeah. <laughs> and so like I put an email in somewhere, mm-hmm. and then he reached out to me because of that, and uh, because of I was yeah. just I was just putting. My feelers out everywhere. Yeah, just trying to figure. And it out. he was like, "Hey, how about you come to this thing, uh, Power Connectors?" And I was like, "Okay, bet." And mm-hmm. I think that was like, it was, may have been my first networking event. Like, I had like some things on Meetup where they, they were like a few things, but it was usually just someone trying to sell yeah. something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but those it, those are cool. But uh, it's a mixed bag, yeah. what you'll find. <laughs> One thing for sure is that Power Connectors. You know, that's that's the best launching point for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, you know, the best way to get in touch with that is either get in touch with me or go like us on Facebook or LinkedIn, I think, is actually a more active space for Power Connectors than um, Facebook is. So LinkedIn. Um, and then uh, all of our events go up on Meetup for sure. And nice. so I think for this next month, it's going to be a Zoom event again. And then we're going to start to look at some type of hybrid mm-hmm. meet in person type thing, just depending on what, what breaks down with the... It's the third Tuesday, right? Yes. I'm going to... Right no, here. no, sorry, fourth Tuesday. Fourth Tuesday. Fourth Tuesday of every month. It's probably already in there, actually. Fourth Tuesday from five to seven. Today is the second Tuesday. I mean, tomorrow is the second Tuesday, third, fourth. Nope, not in there. All right. And it's five, right? Actually, I get the email, I think. Five so, to seven. So when I get the email, mm-hmm. I'll, I'm going to make sure to, to come do that. Because I haven't been to any of the Zoom meetings. And oh, they, they've actually been pretty useful. Uh, I think we found a way to have 
quality networking in that sort of space with okay. breakout rooms. So you come together. Quality, like, okay, sweet. Yeah, so you come together as the big group. You know, you have 40, 50 people on a Zoom chat. And, you know, the first hurdle, we're like, okay, well, how do you network with 40 or 50 people on a Zoom chat? Uh, breakout and, rooms, right? Yeah, and so you break out into rooms of, you know, four or five people, and you're allowed to, and there's like eight minutes per topic where you just talk with those people for eight minutes, and then you pop back in the main one, and then um, you boggle, go into your next breakout room with different people, and just flows does like it, that for does it? Does the breakout rooms, is it like just randomly sorted? Yeah. Okay, sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. That's interesting. See, I haven't done any of the Zoom stuff. Like, yeah. I kind of, when the in-person networking stopped, I kind of stopped networking for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just, it just, I just didn't do the Zoom stuff. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I'll say that that's, that's really what kept my business afloat is really? how much, how strongly I, I was connected and had developed relationships. Um, Via Zoom? Well, no, just through the entirety of my career, right? Okay. Uh, but you were able to keep them healthy. Yeah. Uh, Via I, Zoom. I, I, I had established, a I had established the relationships and then once, especially when we got put on lockdown and weren't allowed to go and do anything, I knew what I was going to do, right? Because mm -hmm. I had all these people that I, you know, I tried my best to, to stay in contact with and talk to, mm -hmm. but in normal normal walks of life without a pandemic and when you're out and about doing things, it's hard to find time to make all that work mm -hmm. while trying to do your job, while trying to have your personal life and stuff like that. And so um, it was almost just like pure opportunity at that point to, to connect with people, make sure that things are going well. Um, as I mentioned, offering services if if necessary mm -hmm. to help them through anything uh, within my job field. And so um, with those things combined and with the real estate market still exploding, um, it was the fact that I had been plugged into networking and relationship development for so long and then um, pressed into it even harder through the mm -hmm. pandemic. Oh, you pressed into it even harder. Okay. Yep. Yep. And if Zoom allowed you to kind of probably press into it harder. That, and then as soon as events, and again, I, I will just say that this is just, just me. I wouldn't say that recommend this for everyone, but mm -hmm. as soon as events were, were being held in person again, I was I was Adam. Yeah, um, for sure. Just because, you know, that's, that's The ones me. that are in person, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's me, you know. I'm, I'm a very face-to-face -face person, and mm -hmm. so when I was allowed to do that, uh, following all precautions, of course, um, Yes. I, I continued to do that. And so uh, that sort of stuff just, you know, it kind of added uh, kerosene onto a fire uh, last year. Nice. And so, yeah, I, I will say that it was the fact that I'd been in networking for so long and then continued to um, use it as a core principle mm -hmm. of, you know, both my personal and business life. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that really helped push me through. For sure. And have a career year last year, actually. So Hell yeah, yeah man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've had a career year last year too, but it's only like 50, like, I mean, there's only two years to count for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That yeah. didn't go the other way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you know, in, in lots of, lots of different ways, not just financially, I had a career year, uh, you know, just in, in being able to establish things and, uh, you know, having a lot of personal mm -hmm. career years, I guess, personal breakthroughs, I guess there's yeah. op that's opposite of career, but you know. Uh, so those are those are almost more important. I would actually they are much more important. Yeah, yeah, than your business no, for sure. Breakthroughs. Yeah, yeah, they actually probably lead to the business breakthroughs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those are the things that will last, even if you do something besides what you're doing now. So mm -hmm. yeah, the personal breakthroughs. That's the great thing about being an entrepreneur is that you know you have to face yourself. Yeah, yeah. More times than not. So for sure. 
Well, man, we'll wrap this up, yeah. man. That's that's cool. Cool having you on. I think this is a really good conversation. Mm-hmm. This episode's gonna go to, to Mars. <laughs> 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 yes. If 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 the pattern's gonna continue, mm-hmm. uh, then we're hitting a hundred k on this episode. Oh. Let's hope so. <laughs> We're hitting hundred K on, on this episode. Based on your exponential growth, huh? <laughs> based on that. Yeah. yeah. If it's if the moon is if we're still going to the moon, <laughs> then yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Not hopefully. I'm gonna manifest it. To the moon. It's happening. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, anyways, I don't know. It, I don't know if it's going to happen, but that would be cool, though. Oh, like, Echo X, that would be great for both of us. Yes, so. exactly, <laughs> exactly. You co-signed on that? <laughs> I did. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, we'll see you guys on the next episode. This has been the COS Business Podcast today here with Tyson Lease. That actually happens quite a bit. So I need, I'm actually, because it happens so much, I'm going to figure out a different way to, yeah. to do the mic. i make myself look like a fool on camera. No big deal. I mean, I'm... Uh, <laughs> The, it happens a lot, so that means that there's some engineering that can make it better. So i got to figure it out. <laughs> All right, man. We'll see you guys on the next episode, and bye-bye. If you'd like me to read an ad script at the beginning of every episode, or in the middle, or at the end, promoting your business, then reach out to COSBusinessPodcast at gmail.com, or reach out to me directly, Andrew Hasley.